like the whole side hustle culture is cool mm-hmm. but and like a lot of people make a lot of money off it but if you're a first time entrepreneur you should you should really you should really go in because when you're studying uh, let's say you're studying the rocket equation right you study the whole process and you because you have time right as a student but in a work environment you get to work on like the third screw on the fourth panel of like you get a very specific project which is a lot of fun but i always felt like i want to zoom out a little on the on a bigger picture my goal every day is to try and be the dumbest person on my team <laughs> uh, not by being stupid but by making sure people around me Hi everybody welcome to the Dollar Diaries today we are here with the CEO of Crosswell Ajinkya how do you spell your name pronounce it A J I N K Y A no not spell not sorry how do you pronounce Ajinkya. it Ajinkya Ajinkya yeah right. go with AJ then it's, it's so, it feels a little cheesy yeah. <laughs> I thought like the J was like silent so no. I yeah some people say it like that but not Ajinkya Ajinkya tell us a little bit about yourself hey yeah first off thanks for having me and uh, it's a really cool location i wish you guys could see the other side so we've saved the good view for ourselves we tried that with the previous guest what happened this was the light yeah, yeah the light was off that's why we had to no it's really nice maybe uh, for the sake of this episode we like insert a small clip of <laughs> that <laughs> and then we'll cut back to this <laughs> right. but no cool thanks for having me uh, like like you said I'm the founder and CEO of Crossval I am um, an engineer that did a CFA uh went into finance worked at vcs and private equity funds and uh then decided to automate this whole process uh so my old job was to build financial models um we decided let's build a saas platform that does financial modeling uh in a in a much quicker manner and that's essentially what crossfall does in simpler terms it handles all the finances of your business it's not accounting it's a little more complex than that uh mm. accounting deals with like the past of your business we deal with we deal with the next 3 to 5 years of your business help you sort of plan that strategy out if you want to sell your business all of this stuff in a in a very intelligent manner so uh we simplify the role of cfos that's mm-hmm. usually our target market and um yeah that's that's me all well, that's work me uh on in sort of my personal life i uh, i like to sleep really early uh and i like to wake up and go cycling uh jokes but uh, i do triathlon as like a hobby hmm. um and i occasionally write and things but uh, yeah I've, i've sobered down a lot as a very wild kid uh, but now i've limited my life to two or three things at max uh, but yeah as a young person i do so much i just have no other time left right as as much as i've seen you right you you know i've seen you come at 9 in the morning sharply but five no matter what happened the time i tried to call you up at wednesday at 8 pm you said this is not a good time hang up on me all these things right so while some of them might see like you know the older generation would see like these guys are not hustling hard enough these guys have no respect no this thing but how i see it is there's a lot of discipline and war right and how is discipline changed your uh journey or how is it impacted your journey so far yeah i think i'm just very mindful about time mm-hmm. uh, i think it is the only non renewable resource in the world um uh, and yeah i like to spend every minute wisely uh, and even if it's that doesn't mean i'm working all the time it just means that if i'm doing one thing at a time i will just focus on that uh, i don't multitask i don't do any of that even though i used to but 
I've realized it just doesn't work for me. Um, and also like scientifically, we're meant to do one thing at one time. Um, yeah, so I'm just mindful of time. And then that spills into sort of being disciplined and to be somewhere else on time, you need to get out of some place at some time. So uh, that's what it stems from. Um, and it, it allows me to just block times off. Uh, for example, I go to bed like 8.30, 9pm. So, which is why when you called, I was like, there's no way I can have a full-blown conversation because now I start thinking mm -hmm. it will affect my sleep. And then if it affects my sleep, it affects my next morning. And then that snowball never stops, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, yeah, it comes across as rude sometimes, but it's just me being very, very protective of my time. Because um, yeah, anyway, I wouldn't have a productive conversation with you. So, might as well do it during work hours. Um, so yeah, that was that was why I I didn't hang up. He made it sound very hard, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that's I think I think mean, that's where the discipline roots from. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as sort of as mindful of time, other aspects were added into it. And uh, it, it's not something I've been doing all my life. It's maybe since the lockdown. Mm. I think I think the lockdown really forced me to sit down with myself and reevaluate how I was approaching life. Um, and then I think as an entrepreneur, there's two things you need to focus on. One is taking care of the company you're building and the second is taking care of yourself. Um, and yeah, so these are my two biggest priorities at any given time. And if to take care of myself, I need specific hours of downtime and work time. I have to prioritize it. So okay. I do. How do yeah, sorry. Yeah. And I think it's I mean, it's really interesting that you mentioned that, you know, being an entrepreneur, you kind of make time for work and your personal life, because I think it's a really big misconception that people think, OK, you own a business, but you have to leave and you have to live and breathe that business, you know. So you have to, I think, create that barrier between your work and your personal life. That's that's like it's very important. No, absolutely. Um I, I, in my past jobs, I never had this where mm -hmm. I, I'd just be working all the time, like yeah. 12, 13, 14, 16 hours some days and I'd sleep like four or five hours. And then I also want to go out, hang out with my friends and do like mm -hmm. whatever else. And of course, it's just not enough time in the day. Okay. And then as you continue, to, okay, you can do this for a week, but as you continue to do this, the quantity is there, but the quality starts dropping heavily because, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, I've worked 12 hours and now I'm going out with my friends. I'm going to be just useless like my brain's fried already yeah. what's what's left um and i've done a lot of that but as i think i i think it was genuinely the lock, lockdown where i was like okay what are we really trying to do mm. um and that's that's when you reevaluate and realize that okay like i need balance i don't mm. need extremes um but no you're right absolutely i think downtime is work time as well Correct. um i i even on the team right sometimes people are unwell or they're just feeling off for some reason. I'm like, just take the day. It's okay. Because um, I'd rather have you 100% capacity uh, for five hours of the day than have you at 50% capacity for 10 hours of the day. Yeah. Right? It's the same. At the end of the day, your output's going to be the same. Exactly. Uh, so you might as well just do it in five hours and then go do whatever you want to do. Um, it's the same with work. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I think the first three, four hours of my day are super valuable. I get most of my work done then. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the rest of the day is whatever. Yeah. And just calls and stuff. That's a very important thing, right? Like, I, working with a lot of the older generation also, they ask you to, you know, grind, you know, pick up your calls on Friday, pick up your calls yeah. on Saturday, Sunday, mm -hmm. prayer times, everything. There's no, what do you say, respect for 
yeah. personal time at all yeah. right you're expected to be there especially if you're in the consumer side of business right like a b2c business where you're catering to regular people it becomes more of a hassle right your client's going to call you at midnight two o'clock you got to pick up your call otherwise it's this thing but i Uh, would you say that being in the b2b side of things there is an advantage where people don't call you after 5 no i think people will always call you when they're like i think we need to realize that we're all emotional beings mm. and the only way your emotions can be catered to is on a phone through a natural human being um so there will always be people who call you at whatever hour or whatever with whatever problem um that that doesn't really change b2c or b2b b2b if it's in fact b2b i think it's scarier cuz like if i'm getting a call from a client uh then it's probably a bigger deal than b2c right mm. um so it 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 i think is the same i don't think it really changes but uh, yeah i think it's it's a part of like doing business right like if your clients are happy and if they're delighted uh it's it's something we used to obsess over now we found processes and ways to automate a lot of it uh but early on we 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 sort of maybe we pestered our clients more than they pestering us right we'd constantly ask for feedback reviews this and that would you guys like would you guys not like because that was creating our product roadmap and now we are at a place where okay we have a good product built out and there's not as many issues and stuff but um yeah i think it's just a part of every business people are going to call you whenever they feel like of course if it's like a 3 a.m call you can choose to not answer it uh, <laughs> and honestly it's okay to sometimes not answer it uh, yeah. but yeah uh, so what got you started actually did you always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur eventually and like how how did you even start crosswell yeah just i knew when i was born <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think i think i always had like an intrigue um or i don't know if that's a word but anyway i'd always be intrigued by entrepreneurship mm-hmm. i did a lot of like oh this could be an idea that could be an idea let's do this let's do that let's do research on this let's do that all of this and then crosswell just like popped up in my head one evening and i remember not doing any sort of plan as such I was like let's just do this cuz it seems like fun mm-hmm. and that's the one i ended up building um yeah it just i guess it it's an execution question it's not uh it's not a knowledge question so mm-hmm. the moment you feel like you can execute you should um and that's when you're really going to start learning cuz a lot of people do this right i should start a business i should i should i may i can mm-hmm. whatever um but once you do it like you'll figure it out most of the figuring out figuring it out is on the journey and not before because you just don't know enough before you've started the business. Yeah, you might have like fancy plans and things and whatever, but it's it's all going to really come true when you take that step and start and start full time. I think like the whole side hustle culture is cool, mm-hmm. but and like a lot of people make a lot of money off it. But if you're a first-time entrepreneur, you should you should really you should really go in Uh, and of course if you if you like if your life's taken care of and you if you've got like your finances and order all of that stuff said uh you should really dive into entrepreneurship but like yeah of course if your side hustle is making good money and you can manage it with a job and you can mm-hmm. hire and outsource people you should do that that's good not saying against I'm not against that culture mm-hmm. but i think i really started learning uh when i was doing this full time uh, yeah. cuz i for a 
period of time I had a job on the side and yeah of course you, it, I like maybe I do two three hours of work on crosswalk but mm-hmm. when you when you're really out in the open is is when you start working on your on, on your idea and I've seen your or you've seen crosswalk's LinkedIn profile and the website and everything right you have a team of Roughly people your age. I've seen the other guy come and he's never smiled at me too. Like yeah. I've tried making conversations with him, completely failed. But it seems like a nice dude, but never spoke to him. But I've seen everybody's younger age. Is there a reason why you chose youngsters around your age, or it, did it just happen? It just happened. Uh, yeah, it just it just naturally. I think our average age is probably like something in the twenties, maybe less. Uh, no, definitely like probably twenty five. Uh, but yeah it just it just i guess we're all like the first few hires were young mm. and young people know other young people so it just ended up being that sort of like a network yeah I maybe i don't know we like we don't have age limits on who we hire mm. um and also maybe it's like a uh, it's a function of like young company old people don't really want to do that stuff mm. uh, but no we don't have like a age barrier on who we hire and stuff so it's just organic but do, when you're going out for investors and things, do they throw a caution or something because it's a young team or is it regular? Mm, no, not really. In fact, I think they prefer young teams. Uh, mm. Like, as as young teams, you have a certain amount of uh, naiveness or mm. naive naivety. I don't know. But uh, we we just don't know what's like what can't be done. So we'll try, and then often when you try, you figure it out. Uh, but as as you age you realize oh that can't be done or that's difficult or that's difficult those are thoughts we don't really have in our team but we're like oh can we link this piece of tech to that piece of tech and make this happen we're like i don't know no one else knows let's just try and see what happens and when you're in that kind of a mindset you end up doing it like you just figure it out um, which is really which is really what i like uh, and maybe that's why we have a very, very young team we all like to tinker we all like to like break things apart and see what happens uh, yeah like every time i do an interview uh, we'll do two rounds one will be with uh our engineering lead and the second one will be with me and then the first one is all about like your technical ability this is typically for developers uh is all about your technical ability and then when i chat with them it's nothing to do with work right i want to know if they are human beings who like to tinker in real life if they you know uh, if they've ever taken apart a toy when they were a kid if they have had curiosity about random things and those things tell you a lot about who you're hiring and the kind of culture you want to build and and that's really the culture we're trying to build where like you know figure it out like it's okay of course there are rules and things and like things like data protection and cybersecurity we take very seriously but in terms of product it's it's very open like can we solve this problem for a user i don't know let's just let's just try to solve it and 99% of the time it is doable we haven't we are yet to run into a situation where we're like oh this is just impossible to do so what does the future for crossfire look like maybe 5 years from now i don't know again but <laughs> <laughs> i mean, i mean i can give you my whole founder answer and stuff, <laughs> but honestly um we we i think we're all motivated on the team by mm-hmm. uh, building a cool product putting it in people's hands and seeing people use it. Uh so far we've got about 75 companies using the product. Um all of them love it. It solves a big problem for them. Some of our users have turned into investors in the company uh which was good validation. Um 
now we're focusing a lot more on our enterprise products, enterprise of enterprise mm-hmm. offerings, and I think five years from now we see sort of that part of the business fully evolved as well, mm-hmm. where you know we've got multiple companies, and we're essentially the backbone for financial services. Right, mm-hmm. we every company pretty much runs on Excel or their finance team runs on Excel. We'd like those com- companies to run on Crossval. And that would be the ideal dream and vision. Uh, but from a place of, oh, I got to build something cool and put it out there. Right? That's, I think that's what we're all, uh, everyone in the team is motivated by. Uh, all, like I said, we're all engineers, so we just want to build cool things uh, and see where, where they go. And that's an interesting point, right? Like you keep on mentioning you're an engineer, you're an engineer, but you're running a financial services company what, what why that transition what prompted you to transition from mechanical engineering to building crosswell today yeah so i think i am at, at, at the root of it i am an engineer and i really enjoy the principles of engineering and things i really enjoyed my time in university everything i studied etc um but then i went and worked in engineering for about a year or two year year and a half this was in parallel with uni so I was studying and working at the same time and yeah I realized the workplace is very different in because uh, when you're studying uh, let's say you're studying the rocket equation right you study the whole process and you because you have time right as a student but in a work environment you get to work on like the third screw on the fourth panel of like you get a very specific project which is a lot of fun but I always felt like I want to zoom out a little I want to I want a bigger picture um and so i did that i did that for two years with engineering and then i realized okay i have a transferable skill set i'm good with numbers i have a sort of inherent curiosity i can solve problems really well i can apply that to finance as well uh, and then the thing with um, working on deals in vc and stuff is you most likely you'll have end to end access on a whole deal right mm-hmm. so you're doing a 10 20 30 million dollar acquisition you run the whole thing uh, you might have someone with you or early days you'll be the analyst on the deal or you'll be two or four of the analysts on the deal but that's as big as that team's going to get um, even though it's driving a lot of economic value it's a very small team because it, it you know uh, is a is not a very complicated process like building a rocket or building a car um and yeah that was the idea where i wanted sort of end to end access to what i was doing i like seeing the full picture and uh, the skills that i brought into it was useful as well so uh, that's that's that was the journey so you being an entrepreneur okay so what do you think are some skills probably is general for everyone looking at starting a business or who has started a business and they want to kind of figure out how to run it like what are some skills in personally you think are important i think i think the just the main one is mindset like if you have the mindset to go learn new things and grow yourself as a human being we'll figure it out but uh, What about you guys? You guys are earlier in this journey. You've started this podcast. What what skills have you? Okay, so the podcast, yes, the podcast we've learned. So I'm not from the you know the audio video background, right? I'm purely tech and finance person. And do you know tinker with like how the mics work? You know, I go on and say I should probably use this mic for the guest, that mic for the host, because that mic has a shallow. sound but this one has a more deeper voice etc etc so that is there the cameras like you know different cameras for what angles do we use how much is it not just that like there are certain curiosities that come with there's certain curiosities that come with when you're thinking about something 
right? Like you have a big, massive, grand vision that you want to, you know, change the world and everything. There is a curiosity that underlies your vision for that future. But that vision or that curiosity is very limited compared to when you go out and get shit done. And like when you, for a lack of better terms, fuck shit up, right? Mm. Like when you completely fail and break things and, you know, ruin things that is when you learn good example when we started uh, something very simple as this podcast you know three cameras three mics right in at a back end or a, at least a zoomed out view it's a very simple thing right three cameras three mics you synchronize everything and you got it but when we started initially liz wasn't part of the team so what happened is we had the most over engineered solution for things instead of having three separate cameras and three separate mics what we did was connect all the mics to one interface then connect that interface to a laptop connect all the cameras to another interface connect those interface to a camera and everything was recorded on the laptop and what happened is that you know like we speak but the voice is like back and like the it was completely out of sync it was a pain to edit we were switching different angles at like you know live so sometimes you'll be talking but it will be on our faces so a lot of errors so we what happened is initially we thought we were over smart and we over engineered what could be a very simple solution so when we learned and what happened is that we were shooting her as a guest in the beginning. We shot an entire episode, a very good episode of 40-45 minutes with a lot of content, right? And we had to completely scrap that down because we were we over-engineered it. The quality was poor, the video was poor, everything was poor. So we had to reshoot the entire episode with a, you know, a different setup. So up or like breaking things down very quickly the quicker you break things i think the quicker you learn and unless you're until you break things you don't necessarily learn so core skill i would say is to like be naive naive to a certain degree the naivety and that willingness to take a risk is quite important every other skill i think you can learn it especially this day and age you know if i don't know a particular financial term i can google it if i don't know a particular language i can google it if i don't know how to code something i can google it everything's available on google and youtube so what you can't really get out of google and youtube is that curiosity and the the lack of fear like sometimes you have to jump off a cliff in order to break your foot right so yeah. that, that sort of thing mm. but what about you? yeah i mean i wouldn't agree when you said oh it was us you trying to being over smart i think whatever business you do you know it's very easy to hire someone and tell them hey you do the job but I think it takes a bigger person to kind of learn that first. So you learned, you know how, now you know how mics works. Now yeah. now you know how the camera works. Yeah. And that's like, that's so, that's so valuable, right? Because yeah. you understand that. But if you started from the start by getting someone and being like, okay, you set up the cameras, you set up the mics, you would not understand that. You won't know the background of that. But your business at that time was predominantly podcast, but you would not have known how to pod how podcast works. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't agree. It's not just that like we also like took some massive risk right so if you see that white bag over there that used to be our previous equipment right what happened is we spent like thousands of runs on the different new amazing mixer you know with all the knobs and uh, we got like uh, hdmi adapters that go into your laptop and everything when the solution was something little simpler you know a hand recorder with a couple of mics right so it is over engineering it was a little stupid of us in retrospect a lot of money lost on it but it that's is, where you learn yeah right? you learn from the mistakes right? like, so so far it's been that has been the journey but the podcast is this is the first time we've thought of something imagined 
had a grand vision and executed on it like because yeah. it is a at the end of the day it is a simple product it's not a complex saas product or a b2b business or a b2c business mm-hmm. right it's a very straightforward you know there are six of us some come today some come tomorrow we set up mics cameras get a guest shoot mm-hmm. right as simple as it to execute so overall like i think when since first year of university i've always wanted to build something right build my own business and you know in that journey has i've tried myself failed i've tried working with different people who said they built things and that failed a couple of things failed here and there and what i've realized is maybe the vision is all well and good but if you don't start something small today then yeah. nothing's ever going to come out of it yeah. and you have to be consistent with it right? yeah the consistency is also quite yeah. that is the discipline and the consistency part right mm-hmm. the consistency like if we figured that you know one week we didn't want to do this we need to make sure that there is enough backlogs for us yeah. to you know take this thing it, nobody is going to punish us or penalize us for not posting a week but that's not what it is about it, like it's about like producing consistently improving consistently improving incremental improvement over a consistent period of time and being very disciplined if it's going out on friday it has to go out on friday no questions asked so that does like when you are working with we, we have a pretty decent team right like one person does the editing one person does the uh, clipping one person does this that everything is six people you know six different egos you are working with <laughs> and frictions do arise quite constantly right like one person doesn't like the other person then you have to sit and negotiate and in that process they hate you as well so all these things are fun experiences and because the product is very simple like a podcast it makes things a lot easier to you know change and iterate if it was a company that was that's raised a lot of money and then we are having these problems probably not the right time to solve that problem when you have bigger fish to worry yeah. about yeah yeah correct like so, i said it's, it's mindset it's oh yeah exactly what about you right like have you tried building something in the past how bad did it fail did it succeed unfortunately not uh, i think i think uh I mean I've failed in other areas of life where mm-hmm. like I've lacked the discipline to do you know a particular race I wanted to do or like I take that stuff very seriously and uh, and yeah there has been a lot of learning like from school and um growing up I wasn't very social and uh, yeah there have been bits and pieces of learning that I've that I've done and I have failed on like you know like work stuff not really I've not enough started another business and failed but yeah i think i think i'll also like like you said you can google everything the same way you can learn from people's failures um, so you just have to listen and ask the right questions uh, and if you can do that you'll you'll pick up a lot as to uh, and i think i think also as an entrepreneur you fail every year like mm-hmm. you're constantly learning from it which is good uh, you never be down by the failure but you're making mistakes all the time i think it's it's part of the process and it's and i think it's what brings you joy a lot of times where oh i've made this mistake i've made that mistake and i've gone and fixed it now um and that i that think that admission is also very important right? a lot of people wouldn't yeah. want to admit right like this is my way my way is always yeah. that is probably the wrong mindset especially when you're building something brand new right you probably yeah. you have to understand where to ask for help you have yeah. to kind of understand where to put your foot down and say i don't know please It's, a, it's important to listen right yeah. i think that's i don't think you should even if you're old and you're running a business i don't think you should feel like okay i'm old so i don't need to listen to someone who's younger to me but you know they can also bring in a lot of new ideas and i think listening is 
it's important. It's key and sadly yeah. a lot of people do miss it, right? Like it's yeah. a somehow skill that nobody really cares about for no. some reason. But yeah, I think that is the crux of it, right? Like even when you're building like a business, you even if you're the boss, you're on top, right? Like technically, you still have to listen to your users. There's somebody yeah. always on yeah. top of you yeah. and you're trying to figure out their problems in order to solve it for them. So that listening to feedback, listening to opinions, listening to advices is probably where yeah. all of it lies in. And that is something which I think doesn't come from, you know, like that you've done Indian CBS here, right? Yep. Yeah, so that doesn't come from your Indian school mentality, right? Indian school mentalities. You have seven Fayol's principles, seven, 14, 14 Fayol's principles, I don't remember. 14 Fayol's principles, you memorize it, doesn't matter how it's used. It was used to produce cars some time yeah. ago, but whatever. Yeah, I think uh, I, my goal every day is to try and be the dumbest person on my team. <laughs> uh, not by being stupid, but by making sure people around me are smart. Yeah. Uh, and so I tell the team, like, I, I will... I often get in the way of things mm. um, and of course my team's very nice, they never say anything to me. Uh, I always tell them like, if I'm slowing the process down, please tell me. Mm. Uh, but I'm always the stupidest person on most team calls because mm. um, I've made sure to hire the right people, right? Like if someone isn't, like you said, you have to start by doing everything and then yeah. what, eventually you offset the tasks that you figured out. Mm. Um, and that's how we worked as well, where, okay, I have some ability with tech, but as soon as it was out of my hands, we were sure to hire someone and we were sure to hire someone smarter than me at doing that. And then just let him do it because you've hired him for a reason. Like that's really counterproductive when mm. founders where they'll hire someone and then tell them how to do the job. It's mm. just like, why? Then you just hire the wrong person. Yeah. Um, a lot of people problems are not people problems. It's hiring issues. Um, and yeah, we try to keep it sort of super, there's not a lot of hierarchy, there's not a lot of rules, best ideas win. Um, and yeah, it seems to work for us. Um, yeah, I think that is also important, right? like the hierarchy, right? Like if there is a hierarchy, Jinkia is on top, everybody's under me, everybody's my underling. That does create a lot of friction. But in the event where you're having like an open mm -hmm. discussion saying like, yeah. you tell me what is wrong, yeah. that is always going to, the end goal is right. Like if somebody is coming and working for a startup, it's not, you know, nobody, at least when you're in school, everybody wants to, you know, work for a big company, work yep. for an MNC, work for the big force, right? Work for a consulting company. This is always, you know, like a, you ask a 10th grader or 12th yep. grader, they'd probably say, this is where I want yep, to probably absolutely. work in, right? That's, no. that's why so I was yeah, so if you are taking a sacrifice and coming and working with a new company, like one and a half years running, mm -hmm. not a lot of team, there's not a lot of culture working out of a co-working space, all these things. So that is a sacrifice, right? And if somebody is willing to take that sacrifice, it take means... Take that chance yeah, on you, yeah. They're taking a chance, more yeah. than taking a chance, they're taking a chance on the business being mm -hmm. successful, right? So everybody has a sort of like a shared objective for... Mm -hmm. Crosswell or whatever the company they're building to be successful. So nobody is going to give you bad advice by any means. So okay. that hierarchy, lack of hierarchy, lack of, you know, this and that and red tapes and stuff, that is where probably that innovation stems out of. And a lot of good cases, right? Like when you see like when a company is at your seed and pre-seed stages, they innovate a lot faster. Mm -hmm. But when they reach that mature stage, they stop innovating. They just yeah. continue with the same product line or derivatives of that product line. So it's a very common mechanism as soon as hierarchies and company cultures and uh, mechanisms and processes and documentation starts flowing in you all just stop innovating you just stopped doing the status quo